You are listening to Fellowship Around the Table. Here we are again, Fellowship Around the Table. I have for another week with me, Rick Griffith, and we are having a blast walking through the book of Acts and Paul's missionary journeys. Last week, we finished up that first missionary journey, and we find Barnabas and Paul having now come back to Jerusalem. And there's kind of the real big first doctrinal debate happening in the church. Paul is out there proclaiming the gospel that he received from Christ, which we know today is the accurate and correct gospel. But others were spreading a false gospel saying that, yeah, you can believe that Jesus is Messiah, but really you got to become a full-on Jew and live out under the old covenant and not teaching that there was a new covenant. And so Paul comes back, and they're going to have a big debate in Jerusalem. In fact, these people have gone out to where Barnabas and Paul have established churches based on the new covenant, and they've tried to change the concept and the theology of these groups. And so the problem is out there. Yeah. And the council is called. It's interesting who leads the council. Who is that? He's not a disciple. He's not an apostle. He's the brother of Christ. <laughs> the brother of Christ is called the elder of the church in Jerusalem. Isn't that incredible? Yes. Wasn't a believer in, during Jesus' public ministry. Right. Yeah. But it's interesting when Jesus raises from the dead, he goes to the disciples and then he it, it mentions that he makes us personal stop to his brother, James. Mm. And that's when James becomes a Christian. And he realizes for years that he made fun of his brother, thinking that, you know, he was something special. (laughs) And now they called him Nobble Knees because he prayed so much on his knees. (laughs) And he, it's interesting in this knockdown, drag out, hair pull and fight that I referred to last time, the Jews got up and made their case based on the Old Testament. Little did they know that their former leader, yeah, who, Saul, would stand up and who say, Who just happens to be here? <laughs> yeah. He, God's not orchestrating this at all. <laughs> no. This, law, this leader that they used to have that was 100% for them is now the voice that says, No, we misunderstood it, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and has brought a new covenant. It is a, it's an intense fight. Yeah. It's interesting that Peter has an opportunity to stand up and say, you guys remember when Cornelius and the Holy Spirit came on them like he did on us? The the Gentiles, yeah. And he said, the Gentiles got the Holy Spirit the same way we did. And you know, this stuff Paul's saying is probably right. (laughs) And it's so interesting. The guy that stands up and ends the debate is Jesus's brother, James. Yeah. And no one questions him. No. He says, it seems good to me. That is, you've got to remember, all the apostles are there. Paul and Barnabas are there. These are the heavyweights of the new church. And James, the brother of Christ, stands up and says, okay, the debate's over. You don't have to become a Jew before you become a Christian. (laughs) However, I want to write a letter to these guys that places where you guys have been. Yep. And let them understand that you don't have to become a Jew before you become a Christian. But there are some things I want you to be aware of. Yeah. So, And they were just, frankly, just really pragmatic things about getting along. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. What I love about this is now we have the birth of the second missionary journey. Yes. Paul and Barnabas have been with the apostles, you know, a known authority. Now they have testimony that they're right. <laughs> well, what's it, specifically, they sent Silas with him. Well, so that's them. part of, that's reaching back into their heritage. Yes. If you're going to go and make a case, you're going to bring a testimony. Uh, what testified. I call an ear witness. An ear witness. Yes. Yeah. Somebody that was there. I heard and That saw. heard it. Yeah. The argument given and the conclusion that was given and who gave it. So they send they take back two, two guys. Two guys. Yes. That were there. And Silas is the guy that they end up, well, Paul does, takes him back to. Well, so well, let's just talk about it. So Paul and Barnabas take Silas and John Mark, who were there, mm-hmm. as witnesses, and they go back up to Antioch with the intention, I think, of taking back the record mm-hmm. of that council and showing that what they said was right. And they're going to go back to the places they'd been with that proof, with those witnesses. Until they reach the problem. And they're uh, in Antioch, and what happens? Barnabas wants to take his cousin, John Mark. Yeah. Paul said, no, he was a mama's boy last time and had to go. He left us halfway through the missionary journey. Yeah. And I'm, I don't <laughs> trust him. Barnabas says, no, he's a good guy. He's a good kid. Yeah. In fact. Well, what's Barnabas's name mean? Son of encouragement. Son of encouragement, yeah. yes. <laughs> and eventually, Paul will ask for John Mark yeah, yeah. and say that, I need you to come. Later on, yeah. towards the end. So they reconcile. Well, but but they do have a blow up. Yeah, they, they do have a, I don't want anything to do with him. He abandoned us on our first missionary And journey. Barnabas says, no, I'm going to take him. I'm going to take him. So Barnabas goes back to Cyphers. With John Mark. With John Mark. And Paul takes Silas with him. They yes. have. They're in Antioch. They're in Antioch. They have the fight, the yes. breakup. They don't reconcile. So right. Barnabas is taking John well, Mark. Well, before, even before that. Even before that. More than likely, again, we don't have exact dates. More than likely, after he comes back, he actually writes the letter of Galatians to them. And there's some neat things about that letter that give us some indication of what was going on. And I love the context. They yes. just they'd been at the church council where they parse these things out. They had done their first missionary journey and gone to these places and set up some local churches. And now he's going to write this book to them, probably ahead of his trip up there mm-hmm. or this letter and in and the two key issues that Paul's going to address is, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing by faith? Yeah. And he gets in the whole concept of beginning. It's his first opportunity to, to talk about justification. Yeah. Now, he's going to elaborate on justification all the way through his letters, and you can trace his argument getting stronger and stronger. He says in 2.16, he says, Know that a man is not justified by a of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ only. Yes. And that was the result of the council. That's right. And this is where people start really getting excited when you put the letters back into the time and space of the missionary journeys. These letters scattered through the New Testament that aren't all tied together they have a response to a group of people mm. that Paul knows, other than Romans, and because he's been there. This is part of a real story. Yes. It is a answer in a letter to the question that these Judaizers has been laying mm. down for years. Yeah. 
So, having begun in the Spirit, he says in in one of the last chapters, chapter 5, he says, are you now perfected by the flesh, which is now <laughs> sanctification? So it's a, it's the first introduction of Paul's concept of justification and sanctification. Okay. And it's so cool <laughs> because he's then going to take Silas with him on the second missionary journey in defense of this letter that he's – six chapters letter that he's he sent them. Yeah. And explain it to him, what happened in the fight in Jerusalem, what happened with – and Silas is right there and says, I heard it all. Yep. It's exactly as he said. <laughs> yep. And so they go back, and at the beginning of the second missionary jury, they go back up to these churches, and he has Silas with them, and they're going to pick up somebody all along the way here. So it's been a couple of years since he's been there. Okay. And this skinny kid, probably in his 14, 15 – is a strapping young man of 16, 17 now. And he's not the snotty-nosed kid. No, nah, he's not the snotty-nosed kid he was <laughs> last time. He's the son of Jewish mom and a Jewish grandmother who had taught him the scriptures. Yeah. And he was an eyewitness to what Paul did the last time. So he asked mom and grandmom if he can take him with him. Yeah. And I can't believe it, but this 17-year-old kid then becomes Paul's attache <laughs> all the time yeah. for the rest of the missionary journey. He's going to take him with him up north to Bithynia yeah. after he spends time in Galatia establishing the fact that, no, this is a new covenant. That's when we find out that the Holy Spirit is preventing him. He says, my time for you in in Turkey is done. Yeah, I want to take the gospel to Europe. So he says no, and Paul even says, the Holy Spirit stopped us. Yeah. So he goes west. Excellent. So, right, so they go west. They go west. This is when they pick and up And you Luke. can't go any further west than Troas okay. on the west coast of Turkey. Paul has a vision of the man of Macedonia, which is in Greece, and that is the demarcation between Middle East and Europe. Okay. There's a man by the name of Luke who is a physician. And I've done some research on physicians. They aren't like us physicians in America. They did study, but typically they were slaves to rich Romans. Okay. That they would keep a physician on hand available to them. And someone probably from a different country or maybe somebody that couldn't afford it and indentured himself to this rich man. So he's a physician in Troas, and he hears Paul preach. Acts 16.10, which you referred to last time, is that transition from they and them to we and usins. And <laughs> the biographer is on board. Yeah, the biographer now is in the in the picture. Yeah. And he is recording now items firsthand. Yeah. Everything else he's going to get later and build the history. Now he's going to live the history mm. from here on out. Yeah. He never leaves Paul's side. So it's interesting. They, they get the news of the man from Macedonia and he then travels with Paul, with Silas, and the snotty nose, no, kid. Timothy, yes, yeah. Timothy, <laughs> give a kid, yes, yeah. So where do they go from Troas? They're still on this. They journey. go to Philippi, yep. which is a Roman city on the main road 
from northern Italy all the way across Greece to essentially China. It is a Roman city, just like Tarsus was. Okay. And they get into Philippi, but there's not a Jewish synagogue. Yeah. How many men did it take to form a Jewish synagogue? Is it three, ten? There's a number. There's they a did, number of so men. So it kind of implies they didn't even have that many men of the city to right. form a synagogue. But they had a set of Jewish women. Yes. Who met by the river. A place of prayer. So when there wasn't enough men to form a synagogue, there would still people gather, and mm-hmm. they called it a place of prayer. Mm-hmm. And this is where they're meeting. There are ladies there that meet at the river, and Paul introduces himself to them, mm. and he teaches them the better way. <laughs> well, the purveyor of the house and the lady in charge invites her back to their house where they stay. And then the church in Philippi starts in her house. Mm. That is very cool. That's so cool. Yes. And this is going to be a church that gets a letter from Paul. Yes, eventually, uh, while he's in prison, years later. What happened in Philippi, Paul and and Silas are very successful there. Mm -hmm. And they tick the local magistrate off. Right. They have a reoccurring habit of this. (laughs) Yes, they do. The magistrate imprisons them in the local jail. Mm. and they beat them. Mm. Then the jailer finds out that they beat, that Paul and Silas are both Roman citizens. Uh And in the Rome, you can't treat the Roman citizens like you can treat everybody else. They have to have due process. And that due process includes, if they disagree with you, they can appeal to Caesar. They got none of that. And the jailer is scared spitless. So he goes and tells the magistrate, you guys put them in the third dungeon, and I know it's dark down there. These guys are singing. And oh, (laughs) by the way, an earthquake happened. Yeah. All their chains fell off. And I was about to kill myself because- I'm responsible. I'm responsible for all these prisoners. And Paul stopped me and said, we're all here. And I became one of them. And by the way, so did everybody in my household. Because the the jailer asks the most important question there is, what must I do to be saved? Yes. And Paul's answer is always simple and clear. Believe Uh, in the Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Yep. Mm. So we're in Philippi. There's a riot getting started. Paul thinks it's well to, to leave. Well, along that way, you get Thessalonica. Is Thessalonica. It, is it Berea in between there? Or no, is it after Berea's on the other oh, side. Okay, yeah, keep going. So Thessalonica, there is a Jewish synagogue there. Okay. So they stop, and for two weeks, they preach in the Jewish synagogue. It makes the local Jews so mad that they throw Paul and Barnabas out, but not after they've established a young church. In two weeks. Yes, in two weeks. We know they were just there two weeks. Yes, and, two Sabbaths. Yeah, and... You see that they keep having these little remnants form that believe. Believers are being harassed. Big time. So Paul and Silas leave, and they go down further to a place called Berea. The Berean Jews welcome them. They're the ones that are given credit for examining the scriptures daily to see what they are saying is true. Yeah. Because these are good Jews that know their Jewish history. And everything Paul is telling them is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Mm. Then these Jews who were mad in Thessalonica catch up with Paul and Silas in (laughs) Berea, 
and they throw them out of there. <laughs> and they basically gin up a riot. Silas, Silas Timothy, and Luke send him on down to Athens right. by, himself. by himself. And they stay. Yeah. Apparently, they're not mad at them. And they actually go back to try to strengthen the Christians. But Paul then goes and has his least effective sermon ever. <laughs> Athens is known as the intellectual capital of the Mediterranean, where you could go any given day and give a talk on any subject, yeah. and they would they would listen to you. <laughs> and so Paul goes in and says, hey, that statue you have to the unknown God, I know who he is. <laughs> Let me tell you about him. Yeah. And makes a tremendous plea. On Mars Hill. And Mar- on Mars Hill. Yeah. And gets nada. Yeah. Nothing. We had no record of a church ever in Athens during the missionary journeys. Yeah. He then goes on to Corinth, where he meets Aquila and Priscilla. And Corinth is, I call Corinth Las Vegas, New Orleans, and New York all wrapped into one. <laughs> if you had a place in the Mediterranean that was multicultural, abased, and every corner had a temple to somebody, that was Corinth. <sighs> To the point that says when Paul was there, he was afraid for his life. Wow. God comes to him in a dream and says, don't worry, I have people here. And it was Aquila and Priscilla who came over from Rome. Wow. And he stays, the longest he stays anywhere to date, for 18 months and establishes the church there. Wow. Yeah. While he's in Corinth, the team catches up with him. Timothy, Silas, and Luke, they bring word that the church in Thessalonica is kind of under attack. Yeah. So he writes First Thessalonians to them. Uh-huh. And Timothy, of all places, takes the letter up there to them. He's become a trusted aide by now. Yep. Then brings back that some of them are, are standing on a hill waiting for Jesus to come and won't work. And then he writes Second Thessalonians in somewhat of a sterner tone yeah. that says, in fact, that's where we get the classic statement, if they don't work, they don't eat. You don't know. You're at work until Jesus comes. Yeah. Both First and Second Thessalonians are written during that 18 months in order to strengthen that small church that's grown. Yeah. And he even gives them commendation that says, news of you has, has entered the whole area that you've stood under this persecution of the Jews and you've established a a firm foundation. I mean, he was there for two Sabbaths Mm -hmm. and we know it's kind of a chaotic and it seems like a small group at least believed. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to communicate with them in two letters and give them more teaching about what it looks like to wait on Jesus return and what the end kind of some of the end times doctrine that we lean on came out of this, this little three chapter letter that was some great scriptures that are quoted over and over again as encouragement to the small fledgling church that became pretty much the centerpiece of that and Philippi and Berea. And I'm going to use this church's experience Mm -hmm. to provide revelation to the rest of the church for all time. Yes. I mean, that's so cool. And what the neat part about that is he's only written Galatians now, and he's now written 1st and 2nd 
Thessalonians, but First and Second Thessalonians gets spread to Berea and Philippi. So everybody in that area gets to hear, hear Paul's doctrine, basically. Okay, we're going to finish up for this week. We got Paul in Corinth. We've worked through a lot of the second missionary journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to finish up where he drops off Priscilla and Aquila in Ephesus very quickly, doesn't do anything there. They do. And then he goes back, he, he goes, sails on back truth. All right, let's pick it up next week. All right. Thanks, Rick. See you next week. Thanks for joining Fellowship Around the Table. To check out more, visit fbctulsa.org. I've become more and more aware of the concept of time and space, hmm. that the scripture was written in a time to a different group of people. Yeah. And we are, we have the benefit of reading it 2,000 years later. Save this for the good stuff. You're at the driving range right now hitting all your good shots. <laughs> well, and it's just, <laughs> I'm joking. 